Thank you, Pastor Jay and Jeremy and all that are here and all that I had a chance and opportunity to meet and all that's a part of uh, what this night is really about. Uh, the night is never about me. It's about the hope that we bring to people, the hope that people need in America today. And um, we as people, we, got, we, we must come together. You know, it's not about color. It's not about black and white. It's about brokenness. And we know there's only one answer to the problem of the brokenness that we live in America. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ himself. You know, that's the reality of it. We can search in all the areas we want to search, just like I did. You saw the highlights of me playing baseball. You saw the highlights of me being on The Simpsons. And you saw the highlights of me and my brokenness and left for dead. Had it been left up to the media, they didn't realize that they were prophesizing over my life that I would be dead. The old me is dead. You know, and... You know, had it not been, had it not been for them of, of always being critical and persecuting people and like myself, I thank them for it because God used it for his good. You know, and that's what we all have to really look at it, at, at the end of the day. And, and those that are here with addictions, I talk to them, you're struggling with your addiction, or whatever kind of addictions you have, uh, it doesn't matter. It's, it, you can be delivered. You can be set free. You, we, we, we need to, as, as people, we need to come together and, and not point fingers and say, this worked, that worked, and that worked. We need to work together. We need every part. We need every part of it. We need the resource. We need the treatment centers. And we need the spiritual component. We need Christ coming in. We need every part to make this work. Because there's an epidemic in America today. Let me pray real quick. Father, we love you, honor you, praise you. I thank you for the words that you're about to speak, speak life, bring hope, Father. We thank you for your goodness, and there's some in here suffering, Father, and we just pray for them right now. We bind every assignment that the enemy has over them. We rebuke the devourer over their life right now. We ask that you give them strength, Father. We ask that you give them courage to rise up, to take a new journey, a new step. We give you glory. We ask all this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Well, I had to say that because, you know, the thing is, is I wasn't always like this. You know, I was a complete liar. I was a heathen. I was a womanizer. I was an alcoholic. I was a drug addict. I was a sinner saved by grace. You know, I was broken, empty on the inside, privileged my whole life, lived behind community gates. But at the same time, I was empty on the inside. See, because one thing we need to understand, you can look at a man and you look at me, money does not make you well. Fame does not make you well. It's the reality of where we come from and what happens to us. My father was an alcoholic. He beat the crap out of me, said I never mounted nothing, laid me across the bed, made me take my shirt off, took an extension cord and beat me and said I wouldn't be anything. Came home for the last time, pulled out a shotgun and said he was going to kill the whole family when I was 14. See, I was already broken before I ever put a uniform on. See, a tragedy could have happened in my life before I ever became famous. Had it not been for my mother that night, we would have killed him. She got us out of the house. So I, what I'm trying to tell someone tonight was my pain led me to my greatness, but my greatness led me to my destructive behavior. See, because pain will lead you to being great, and pain will lead you into places, but 
at the same time, the greatness of who I was, I still was not well on the inside, so that led me into the destructive behavior of life. That's the real reality of what happens. People say, well, you should have been well, you should have been well because you played Major League Baseball. But see, what most people don't understand, me going out and crushing the baseball, I thought I was crushing my father's head. That's what made me great. It pushed me into the being the great athlete and player I was because the rejection. So I'm trying to tell people today, when you see people that have drug problems and, and struggle with addiction, whatever type of addiction they struggle with, don't point your finger at them because three fingers are pointing back at you. See, we have, we, have to become, we have to become the solution. That's what we have to become, the solution to helping people. Because God never makes a mistake. Never. We are the one that makes the mistakes as people. So we should never reject somebody because they have a problem and, and what's their problem and, oh, that's their problem. Well, if you're well enough to get up and help them, Get up and go help somebody. This is what we all are missing. You know, this is what we all are missing in the society today. And we're so consumed, more consumed with, you know, and, and I feel like we're more consumed with pointing at people problems instead of helping. You know, we got to get back to helping. You know, had it not been for me, guess, guess what? How I got well, guess what? God does what he always do. He used people to help people. He's never going to change it. It's people that help people. Had it not been for my wife, who's got 18 years of recovery, and she never looked back after she got into recovery, and she found God, and I was still lost. We met at a Narcotics Anonymous convention. She had one year clean. I had four seconds clean from coming back smoking crack for five days. <laughs> Little did I know that God had brought her into my life to use her to help me find my way. He's always gonna do that, to use other people to help people to find their way. Like these resources here and like the uh, community of, uh, of addiction and, and our society has gotten away from you know, what's really important. And what's really important is all of us coming together and the faith community and working together hand in hand and stop pointing fingers at each other and saying that don't work and that does. Because see, the devil is a liar. I'm gonna tell you, faith does work. Come on now. Come on. And we, we talk about, you know, because I'm not here to be politically correct. I'm not trying to get into politics and be politically correct and say that don't work. Because see, I, will, I, I know it works because let me tell you something. I was on the White House board at the beginning me and my wife, we walked away from it. Guess what? They called us and asked us to come back to the faith community on the board. I was on the other board for substance abuse and mental health. You can't tell me it doesn't work. You can't tell me that God doesn't have a miracle working inside of us to be able to come together and work together as people. We forgot what it is to be the people. You know, we need to come back to being the people and loving people who are hurting. Just because you're not going through it doesn't mean you don't have someone else going through it. So many of us are so ashamed. I'm not ashamed of my struggles. Why are we so ashamed to show people our wounds and our scars when Jesus hung on the cross and showed his wounds and scars to us? 
Why are we so ashamed to show that? And we always have to feel like we have to be politically correct and we have to say the right things. I don't come to say the right things because guess what? One thing I do know from the transformation of my life is I am not from here. So I don't really concern myself about all these earthly things. I concern about, I'm concerned about every soul that needs to be healed and restored. See, if I was concerned about how well I was as a baseball player, concerned about baseball, I don't even like baseball no more. <laughs> Can I just be honest? I don't. You know, I'm, I'm more concerned about people. I'm more concerned about people who struggle with addiction. I love them. I care for them because for the grace of God, they go, I, that was me. I was shooting dope. I was smoking crack. I started this journey $3 million in debt and didn't have a driver's license. And God comes in my life and he restores me and Tracy whole life and he multiplies and increases us. He don't multiply and increase us for us. He multiply and increase us to make a difference to help people. When do we get that as people? When do we have that passion and that love for others? That's what he does when he comes into your life. I could never imagine I would be the person I am today. The reason I'm standing here is because I'm lucky. I'm lucky from God because he gave me two great women in my life. My mama and my wife that prayed for me over and over and over. My mama was praying for me when I was a heathen, lost in sin, broken in addiction. She wasn't just praying for me under her bed after she died. She died at the age of 55 from terminal breast cancer about 20 years ago. There it was, we found a journal under her bed and we pull it out and there it was, she was praying to God. God knocked him off his throne, saving. My other brother Ronnie was in the midst of addiction, lost, heart stopped, and all kinds of things were happening to him. Been to prison and jail and locked up so many times. God delivered him, set him free from drug addiction. Guess what? God found me in a pit and put me in a pulpit. The real action of it is, you know, I can't take credit for this. I will never take credit for this because this is not my gift. This is his gift. No, this is his gift to give back to the people where we can make a difference in other people's lives who are, who are suffering, who are struggling, and don't believe that uh, they can be restored. See, see what, what people talked about me and they laughed at me and they said he's a drug addict and, and, and there was God sitting there and, and, and waiting just to, just to bring me to the place that he already had created for me. And it had nothing to do with baseball. Just a platform. God uses every platform in our lives to bring us to the place where he wants us so we can love others. We have forgotten about loving others. This community, guess what? I love Pastor Jay. I love the people I've been around. His wife, they've treated me so, so nice. That's what loving people is all about. We've forgotten about loving our other people because we're thinking, oh, that's not my problem. Well, guess what? That's why we're in the epidemic today. Because 
we've said it wasn't our problem, we don't have a problem. Now we're at a place, now how do we fix this? How do we, how do we come together? How do we not look at you know, the community of, of this way, the community of addiction this way, um, the programs this way, the, the, the church? You, and guess, oh, guess what? We all need each other. We all need each other to be able to make this work. If we're going to make a change in the community, we have to come together as a community. I, I, got a, I had a chance to speak to so many people uh, before this, and, and, and my, my heart for them and my love for them is so deep. I care about them so much, you know, because I was, I was that person that they talked about and, and people had left. And I, I was with them today and I was, I was educating them about moving forward and doing what they need to do and stepping up and, and becoming all you need to do and stop hurting people. Yes, they, they have to have their part. Yes, I know that part. But at the same time, we need to love them through the process of it. People have forgotten that we've forgotten about loving people through the process. If we don't love people through the process, guess what? People are not going to get well if we don't love them through the process. Some of you can volunteer. Some of you can financially support. Do your part. See, God doesn't need nothing from you. He wants to see your heart. And I think when we can get to that place and understand, how do we get here? Who is God and who am I and what am I all about? And yeah, my, story is, my story is crazy insane because I was totally crazy. And I was completely lost in addiction. Had I not got caught up in addiction, I probably could have made another $50 million playing baseball, but I wouldn't have never met Jesus. So don't take your story and chop it up as it's like it's nothing, because God can use your story for his glory. You know, and that's what we have to, that's where we have to come as people and come to the point of what's important. See, I had, I had every earthly thing. I've dealt with all, all society can say they gave to me, and I've dealt with the trophies, holding the trophies up, and the eight-time All-Star Rookie of the Year, and done it all, 30-30 playing baseball, did it all on the baseball field, but that didn't make me a man, and that didn't make me well. That couldn't heal me. Baseball and the money and living behind the community gates, and you know, I've, I've taught my kids you know, real principles of what's important. See, my kids have been privileged their whole life, and, and they live behind community gates and never been in public school and went to private schools their whole life. But I taught them, you're no better than anybody else. I wanted them to understand the importance of this life here because this life is not long. This life is short, and it's about what do we do with the time that we have here and how do we make a difference in someone else's life and how do we love someone else and pick someone else up and help carry them. Because, see, I'll never forget the people that carried me. I'll never forget my mom praying for me. I'll never forget Tracy pulling me out of dope houses and banging on doors and pulling me out of dope houses, and I'm high as a kite, and she's pulling me out and saying, get out of here. She says, God's got a plan for you, and, and he loves you, and he's got a plan for you. And I said, why don't you and that God just leave me here and let me here and stay? And she said, you're just not that lucky. <laughs> let a woman tell you you're just not that lucky. <laughs> that means it's a great plan overall for your life. 
we must never forget about the brokenness of people is real. And we don't know what happened to them. I remember me being in the treatment business down in Florida. And I remember when we first started, the whole treatment center was on fire because people were coming like crazy. My wife was running the treatment center. Yeah, she's so beautiful and smart. She can run programs. I can't run programs, so don't even ask me. <laughs> but she, run the, she was running the treatment center, and we had 75 people, and it was a revolving door. And it was kids from 18 to 25 addicted to opiates and heroin. I've never seen anything like it in my lifetime. Coming from addiction myself, I've never seen what I've been seeing over those years, the last few years of my life, of so many young people losing their life, ODing and dying. And why? A lot of them think, well, no one cares. You know, when you have conversations with them, is I'm nothing. My life means nothing. They have families who love and care for them, but don't understand addiction. See, because once addiction gets a hold of a person's life like mine, it got a hold of my life. I was at the height of my career, and I got addicted to cocaine. I got addicted to cocaine from my first year, my rookie year, when I came to the big leagues. When you saw me get my first hit, my rookie year, my first road trip, a veteran player sends me to the back of the plane. He says, welcome to the big leagues. He says, I was 21 years old. They introduced me to cocaine. And I went back there, and I hit the cocaine, and I liked it because of what was going on on the inside. It doesn't matter what goes on on the outside. It's what's going on on the inside. Because if you don't think addiction is real, and people think, well, you know, you have everything. Well, you know, they're saying, well, look at Prince. He's worth $300 million. He's worth nothing dead. Looking at the history of what he's done, see, it had his people said he been had his people when would said something about him having a problem with opiates and fentanyl. He probably would be here today. He probably would have been able to get to hell. But people always covering up and sweeping it under the rug and saying, "Well, it's not a problem. It's not in my neighborhood. Not my kids." Well, let me tell you, all I've seen coming to treatment centers is white suburban kids who are strong and smart. All of them addicted to opiates. America's got a problem, and we need to start looking at it as people together. We need to come together if we're going to solve the problem that we're dealing with. I've seen it with my own eyes. It has nothing to do with color. It has to do with a human being's life being destroyed. Because when you understand in our society that it has come to a place where it, it is a spiritual, spiritual brokenness. Spiritually, spiritually, everybody that gets involved and get addicted are spiritually broken. See, the reason why I was addicted, because I was spiritually broken on the inside. I had everything from the outside, material look, and should have it all together. But spiritually, I had nothing. 
inside of me. So I was broken on the inside spiritually, and it's not until we start empowering our young people back. You know, the Bible talks about it. It says, my people perish because of lack of knowledge. The reason I was perishing because of lack of knowledge, not knowing this. This here is the blueprint of life. I don't care who battles against it. This here changed me forever. I have never been the same since I picked this book up. I have never, ever been the same. I have never, ever been the same spiritually since I picked this up. And I'm going to keep bringing hope to people about this great word. Because everything else is going to pass away. Me, you, I didn't bury my mom, my sister. Everything else is going to pass away, but heaven and earth are going to pass away, but not my word. This word is going to always make people well. And it's important for us to know that and believe that. And it's important for us to talk about it, regardless of what they're going to say. Because, see, they were talking about me 16 years ago when I was starting on my journey with Tracy and me and Tracy and all the people I played sports with, they were talking about me because now all of a sudden he was talking about faith. He was talking about God. It was like, well, they was like, well, let's, let's see how long that lasts. Right. Right. My old teammates. I never went back and mocked them and laughed at them. They see me today. And they say, brother, you the real deal. No, I said, he the real deal. <laughs> I just participate. I just decided to step in. I just decided I, I, no, longer, I no longer wanted to, to blame anyone else for my shortcomings. I, I needed to take responsibility. I needed not to be a hypocrite no more. I need to take responsibility for my own actions and stand up and be a man. See, baseball didn't make me a man. It made me a baseball player. See, when I met Jesus, I became a man. See, I was a baseball player putting on the uniform, making a lot of money, hitting home runs. But when I met Jesus, I became a man. I learned how to live. I learned how to love. I learned how to talk and learned how to act. See, John 3.30 talks about it. He must increase, but I must decrease. See, he got, he, I, I must die. I must die inside. I must die. See, I'm no longer living. You know, I'm dead just like Christ when he hung on the cross and died and went to the tomb. And early Sunday morning, he got up. See, he got up with all power. He was resurrected. Galatians 2.20 talks about it. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. It is Christ who lives in me. It is Christ who rules and reigns over my life. See, I've taken something far greater than myself, the fame, the success, the trophies, the brokenness, and everything that could kill us, Jesus Christ already killed it. It is the most amazing steps of life that we take to become the great person with the promises over our life, for our life, to enter in. You know, when I think about all those reporters and what they were saying, oh, he's wasted. He's wasted his life, you know, because of his drug addiction. And he could have been in the Hall of Fame. I don't care about the Hall of Fame. I care about the Hall of Faith. I don't, I don't concern myself with the Hall of Fame. Because it's, it's, it's a man thing, you know. And I, I, play with a, I play with a lot of them, and all of them are a bunch of hypocrites too. Oh, well, I'm just saying. 
I just didn't want to be that person anymore. I wanted to be the person that God had called to be, that he had created. You know, you look at the creation of time and when he created all of us, every last one of us, we were created for his great purpose. It's just those that finally enter in. I mean, it's so cool when you enter in. I don't know what took me so long. <laughs> see, I don't know what took me so long to taste and see that the Lord was good. Because I was tasting everything else, Pastor. I was eating so much hamburger all the time when I could have been eating steak every day. <laughs> what took me so long? You know, it's the foolishness that a society that we live in that's broken, that needs to be restored, because only God himself can restore that. And he's already here. He's alive and well. Christ is alive and well. And what he's here for, he's here for the three R's. Jesus is here to rescue you from your sinful ways. Oh, my God. I would, I, see, when you understand that, see, I understand the grace I don't deserve. See, but what I understand even more I'm a sinner, I just don't practice anymore. See, it's what kept me separated from my ways and what I was doing. I was practicing a lifestyle that was keeping me separated from God because God is so holy and he couldn't look at me. He didn't want to destroy me because he's a holy God. So I kept myself separated from him. But when I stopped practicing, now I'm able to enter in. Now I'm able to have the revelation that is free. That is free. For all you, all you who that struggle with addiction. See, I, I, I'm not here for the church. I'm here for you tonight. I came for you because it has to do with you. You are me. And I don't care what nobody's saying about you. There's greatness on the inside of you. No matter what you've been through, no matter what struggle you have right now. There's greatness on the inside. See, God is never going to reverse his greatness on the inside of you. It's up to you. It's up to you to participate. It's up to you to get into action. It's up to you to step, step forward and say, okay, I'm no longer going to let this bondage of addiction have uh, authority over my life. I'm going to do something different in my life. I'm going to come to the cross. I'm going to yield myself at the cross. I'm going to surrender my life for real. I don't want to hold myself hostage anymore over there. See, it wasn't until I decided to come to the cross. I've been to every program that you can go to. I went to the best of them. Betty Ford, Hanley Hazleton. But I still never got well because I didn't make a commitment. And my name for you guys that are struggling, make a commitment. Please, make a new commitment. Your life will change forever if you make the commitment. If you just make the commitment to surrender, make the commitment. Seeing too many people die because they won't commit. You know, and it takes people, the community leaders, thank you. Hospital, thank you. Jeremy, thank you. Community, everybody, this is what it's about. This is, this is how it works. Because Jesus didn't do it by himself. He had disciples. Guess what? We all disciples. <laughs> we forgot about who we are. The disciples were here to help those that are struggling. We must never forget about them because God is incredible and he will use them 
He took an old broken piece like me, told me nine years ago, oh, you're going to preach. I said, no, you got the wrong guy. <laughs> I said, I'm not qualified. He said, no one is qualified. I qualify to call. Nine years ago, he took me from, I don't have a, I don't have a education. I've never went to school, and that ain't nothing to brag about, but this is brag about how good God is. He calls you to meet you right where you're at to bring you to the greater place and greater understanding when you commit to him. He's got something good for you that he wants to download inside of you, give to you so you can go back and give to somebody else and help somebody else. Remember, it's never about you. Never ever about you. And my father, who rejected me, left me wounded, left me scarred, left me hurt. I kept him out of my whole career. Kept him out of my whole career. Didn't let him be a part of nothing. I was angry, bitter. I remember God speaking to me. I was going to preach at a men's conference on a Saturday. He was all over me Friday. He says, father was in the hospital. I was in California. He says, go see your father down in the hospital. And he says, I want you to go down there and I want you to repent to him for keeping him out of your life. I was like, really? <laughs> I called my wife and said, please pray for me. God's all over me about going to see my father. She said, well, you just need to go and see him. And I finally went down there that Saturday, I mean, Sunday morning, and I got in the hospital saw and I said, I said, you know, my life has changed. The Lord has changed my life. Because the Lord told me, don't say nothing about what he did to me. I said, I'm sorry for keeping you out of my life. Will you forgive me? And he said, yes. And a tear came out of his eye, and I just lost it. I laid in his lap and just cried. Just lost it. And the Lord said to me, he said, raise up. I just was crying. He said, raise up now. He says, now lead him in the center prayer. There was a man that rejected me, beat me. There I was leading him to the Lord. So we need to understand this process about people. We need to understand the importance of what people are. And he, God reminded me and said, you, one thing he said to me when I left there, he says, how dare you not forgive him and I forgave you. He said, how dare some of you sitting here tonight with unforgiveness in your heart. And he told me, he said, the forgiveness was not for your father. The forgiveness was for me. Because I was set free immediately after I gave him forgiveness. I thought it was about me. It's never about you. It's about someone else that needs forgiveness so you can be set free. See, those of you that are in bondage, you know, those, those of you that are stuck. See, I'm, I, I, I'm not stuck. You know, I've been, um, I've been rescued from those, those sinful ways. Then I was redeemed. Then he redeems me with his blood. See, that blood on that cross, that blood is holy. So it redeems you. What happens is it, it purifies you. It washes you, liberates you, and, and brings you to wholeness and righteousness and, and sets you and set, separates you and sets you apart. And, and it brings you to the greatest place of understanding why we're here. 
Don't you want to know? I mean, come on, some of you a little older like me, I'm 57. I've had cancer twice, lost my left kidney in my second surgery. If you ain't never seen a miracle, you're looking at one tonight. I don't know how much longer you're going to keep me here, but, you know, it's the miracle of my life. I need to go on and do what he's called me to do. I need not to look back, see so many of us all. You, you that's in treatment, stop looking back. Stop looking back, you that's in treatment right now. I need you to keep your eyes on looking forward. I need you to press through. I need you to accept the things that they're putting in front of you. Stop looking back. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, it's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I can't get to the new if I'm still looking back. So y'all need to start looking forward and stop looking back and stop fighting, fighting against the system, fighting against where you're at, and just go ahead and look forward and press through this and then come into a new relationship so you can grow, so you can grow, and you'll keep growing. And as you keep growing, you will be set on fire. I have never been the same since I, messed up, since I met the Lord. Because guess what? He's not lost. <laughs> I was the one lost. But I'm no longer lost because I found him and made him Lord over my life and everything that I do. So I challenge you. I challenge you to let him restore you with his grace. Oh, glory to God. If, you, if I can give you what's in me and you understand grace, grace is something that you don't deserve. And you wake up every day. I wake up every day and I say, Thank you, because I don't deserve your grace, but he gives it to me anyway. He gives it to you anyway. Second Corinthians 12, 9, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Perfect. His strength, his strength is made perfect in your weakness. I'm not a victim. Oh, yeah, I'm going to I'm not a victim. I'm overcoming by the blood of the Lamb. I'm not a victim. It's not about what I have. It's not about what I don't have. It's about he has given me grace. And when you can accept the grace and not feel like you have to be perfect because he's not asking you to be perfect, he's saying accept it here. Accept the grace that I'm giving to you. Live your life. Live your life to the fullness. Because the enemy is here to deceive us, which he did to me. And Jesus made it clear in John 10, 10. He said, the thief is not, the thief is here to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and may have it more abundantly. Abundant life is peace, joy, wisdom, knowledge, power. God's greatness. It got so much more in it than stuff. See, we get consumed and we think it's about the stuff. And, and who am I? And... I'm great because of what he's already done. If he never does anything else for me again, I am satisfied. He doesn't have to do anything else. He saved me. He rescued me. He redeemed me. And he restored me to wholeness. 
and you that are here tonight with addiction, struggling. I love you. Don't you give up. Don't you quit. Because if you quit and you give up, you missed a miracle over your life. God's got something great on the other side. You're talking to a man that's got 16 years of recovery. I couldn't put a day together without using 16 years ago. Smoking crack, shooting dope, wanting to die. I get it. I get it. But all the people that are, you, are surrounding by you, that here, resource programs, take advantage of it. Because it's not going to always be there. They are being used by God to help you, Hallelujah. to get you started on your new journey and your new road. Your life is important. Please, don't ever give up. You're talking to a man that was down, left for dead, ended up in a Florida State prison with a T1769 because of addiction. God was doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. But at the end, look what the Lord does. He restores you to wholeness for his great plan. So all of us in the community, be the community. This is your community. Be the hope for those that are suffering, sick and suffering in your community. Don't ever laugh at anyone because you never know how God's going to use them. See, those that were laughing at me, <laughs> glory to God, they're looking at me now. They're like, they looking and like saying, wow. They were laughing, but God said, yeah, I'm God. I'm going to get the last laugh. Let us pray. Father, we love you. Father, we bless you. Father, I thank you for every soul that is here tonight. I thank you for those that you have penetrated their hearts to touch them, to speak to them, to show them that you're God. No matter what those are struggling with, Father, we plead the blood over them that they will become overcomers and victorious over whatever they're struggling with because you're the great I am. Greater that he that's in me than he that's in the world. It's a great one. Christ who rules and reigns. Father, sweep across this room, Holy Spirit, and do what only you can do. Touch the hearts of the people. Deliver them. Set them free. Bring them. Break the bondage of changes, chains over their life. And whatever appetite they have for drug addiction or drugs, Father, I ask that you just remove it right now in the name of Jesus. And they will be stronger as they walk out of here tonight. And they will have a greater plan, a greater purpose, greater vision for what they've heard, Father, that you have spoken into their life. And they can be healed. And we ask all this in your wonderful son, Jesus Christ's name. And we send this petition up to you, Father, and we ask that you seal it over their life. And we give you glory. Amen and amen. amen.